Hello, everyone, and welcome to week 10, 11 of the Dayton Dynasty podcast, even though we haven't done that many. I'm here with my co-host, Jake Texera. What is up, Remy? We are back. We took a little month hiatus. We just wanted to basically see if the boys missed us. And after the dust settled, everyone was like, oh, where's the podcast? Where's the pod- we'll come back. We're back. Don't worry, everybody. We We're got so again. much hate when we send out the podcast. And then we don't do it for a while, and then they're, they're missing it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like we just want someone to say we love you. We appreciate you. We're glad to have you. And we got it from Chris Pickering, which was the oddest thing. I don't think he's ever said that in his life. I know. I know. I thought that was funny. He chirped in the Facebook Messenger chat, of course. There was a lot of heat in the, in the Facebook Messenger chat over this past month. It feels like <laughs> a lot of drama going on. What's, what's your favorite one so far? My... I when this came through on my phone, I actually laughed out loud. Like it wasn't like a chuckle; it was a legit laugh out loud. When Alex Larimore posted a picture of <laughs> Richard Higgins, <laughs> thinking it was T Higgins, I died. I also love that he doubled down and he said there is no pictures of him. Pretty much calling Jabers out that his player wasn't good. Like no, no, there's there's, there's no pictures of him in there. <laughs> Yeah, the the superstar breakout young wide receiver who played uh, at Clemson University, <laughs> top 20, 34 pick in the NFL draft. There's no Facebook gifts of him, but there's one of Rashard Higgins. <laughs> Rashard Higgins, what's he even doing? Did you give a little first down, I think? Yeah. yeah a, little, a little point. This is a little point. Can you read me Rashard Higgins' um, 2022 NFL stat line? Um... Oh, let me let me get this. This is oh, it's going to be pretty tough. He has played in three games, a total of ten percent snap share, six percent snap share, and a zero. But he was in the game. Uh, zero catches, zero yards. Can you tell me what team he plays for? <laughs> I cannot even tell you what team he's on. <laughs> he is on Carolina. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's actually yeah. really fun. Yeah, but yeah. He was up on t- he was up on Bulls team up until July thirty first of last year of last year. That's so that's so funny. <laughs> the oh. most Bulls thing ever, dude. There yeah. was some there was some real good stuff. That was I like great. that anytime that Larimore posts anything football related, like I think it was Jawan Howard was not Jawan Howard. Who Jawan was it? Johnson. Jawan Johnson was going crazy. And then Harris just always has to shut him down saying, oh, you're watching? Or welcome back to football or something like that. Yeah. Um, nice of you to tune into a game. I, that always gets me cracked up. I so. think it was, yeah. Larry only chirps in the Facebook group when his team wins that week. Like, if he loses or puts up a dud week, there's no gif from Larry. But as soon as he wins, you bet your ass he's flying. His thumbs are flying away searching for the perfect meme the perfect gift to just throw in the Facebook chat. Just to let everybody know that he's still interested. Bring you back oh, in. He is in it, and he's loving it, and he's loving just getting some dubs and being on top of the league. I think yeah. he's back on top, right? I think he is. Oh, I actually, see picks seven and two. He's six and three, but those two I mean, guys the, are running away. Yeah, four differential um, pick is up by two total. Two, one, two points <laughs> over Larry. Um, and then it's kind of funny, me and Harris, two points separate us as well. Um, so it's kind of funny to see that when you're looking at the point differential and then you got like the, the mid-tier, the meta, the, med, the mid-level teams. So 
Yeah, the mid levels are all within sixty points of each other. There's yeah. tier one, tier two, tier three, and then the bottom feeders. Too funny. Yeah. There's what else was in the Facebook group? I thought it was so funny just calling absolutely just screenshotting Pat's <laughs> text message. That was great. <laughs> that was, Pat, take the L, buddy, he said. Hold the L. <laughs> Pap was calling him out because or Pap was trying to be nice about it because he said he when you say no rudeness, you can't take it as rude, right? That's like back in the day when you said <laughs> yeah, no yeah, homo, yeah. it can't be can't be homo. <laughs> yeah, no homo, and then I grab your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no rudeness, but you believe you're a contender? And took the screenshot, threw it in there, and uh, that was awesome. That was oh. the first time I think Pep has not come back. That was kind of sad, I gotta say. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's got a baby, so maybe he's like moving up, you know. He's being an adult. Papa Pap, he's doing the dad things. Put, keep keep the lesser battles. Just turn your cheek. He's teaching good morals to little Charlotte, maybe. Yeah, I, I got a little fired up when you, you used some Stephen A. Smith math, just trying to push your narrative, but that's okay. I wasn't pushing a narrative. My I literally read that as 392 versus 329 or whatever the fuck it was. 729, whatever. Get out of here. And then everyone's like, oh, the smurf kids can't read. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, hey, that, that's how I read it. I, I read it that you were trying to be a good podcast host and I wasn't having any of it. That's right. I'm just trying to get the people going. That's that's why we have the podcast. We just like to just as if the DDL didn't have enough drama as it is. We are here to just fuel it and no one fuels it better than you, buddy. Hey, you, you got to be able to do it. I like I like to be able to stir the pot a little bit. That's that's one of my favorite pastimes. I know you do. All right, let's get into uh so we had the NFL trade deadline in what you would think was our trade deadline, the way that the some of the biggest trades in DDL history all went down in a matter of four days. Yeah, that was crazy. We had the biggest names traded basically in fantasy football space. Alvin Kamara, Stephon Diggs, Terry Kill, CMC, like rising, rising stars in yeah. ETN and Pierce. We're going to talk about them on um, Remy's Rookie Roundup. That's We're going to have that little segment come back. whole lot of first-round picks were traded. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. So we were talking about Strazik's team a couple weeks or on our last podcast, and we kept saying, like, he's at the point where if he sold, it would make sense. But we, we kept looking at his points for and saying, he can just hold out and he'll be fine. And he just decided, you know what? We're selling. And Larry was the first one to uh, to jump into the waters. He jumped in on the 15th, um, getting Christian McCaffrey for his own first, his own second, and his own 24 first, which was crazy to me. But, wow, what do you think? I mean, overall, when you look at what, what Strazik did, he basically got maximum value for every single one of his players at – like pre like in premium deals like trading CMC for two firsts and a second yes CMC I still think he is the 101 in fantasy the what that man does on a week to week basis is out real can you've gone for three firsts four firsts maybe i think the only thing holding him back is you know everyone's going to say oh he's 26 oh he's almost 27 like everyone's afraid of that num- number but what alex did was was phenomenal getting Christian McCaffrey on his roster, making the top tier even better. And what Strazik did, like he squeezed the maximum amount of lemon juice out of this lemon. Um, I think so. Like there's really no one else that he could have traded with to get three firsts. 
Um, maybe Jabers, but that doesn't really help Jabers because Jabers is still in rebuild mode too. So I think this was awesome. Um, I think it was good for both parties. And then what Shrazik did in the next deal with Pick, I think the same thing. He got maximum value for Diggs Hill. Like, that's great. Like, that's that's how you really rebuild and flip your team around. What's crazy about what you said, the narrative that, all right, you can't have these old running backs. You can't have 26-year-old, 27-year-old. At 25, you should start looking to push on. Do you know who the top five running backs are this year? To- top five total points overall? Total points. You got McCaffrey, 26. Barkley, 25, coming off an injury, so everybody was scared. Nick Chubb, 26. Derrick Henry, 28. Dalvin Cook, 27. It's all the old guys. It's yeah. all your prototypical Joe Mixon, 26. It's all the guys that you're told, get rid of them. Like, oh, did you say Austin Eckler? Late. Uh, he's a little further down. Austin Eckler, what do you mean? Oh, he's no, number, no, never He's mind. RB1, I, dog. I, I didn't click it right. Yeah, he's hey. yeah, he's 27. Yeah, another yeah. 27. Yeah, the top three are 27, 28, and 26. Yeah, yeah, you're, to- yeah, yeah. you're told to sell them. It might not be that time anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, it's I, honestly, that's this is really cool because I think this is gonna like this can ultimately change the way people think. Because I agree with you, I think there's a terrible bias when you're talking with other league people, you're talking in fantasy spaces, you're listening to people on Twitter. It's like, oh, now's the time to sell. He's over the AJ Pex, oh, he's on his second contract. Like, I don't care what you say about any 21, 22 year old running back, but. Give me Eckler, Henry, Chubb, McCaffrey, Barkley over them any single day of the week. And if you're in a rebuild and you're trying to get younger, flipping a guy like McCaffrey for guys like ETN and Pierce and get first on top is the way to do it because you are pushing your your window. That's that's what these trades do is you, you really have to look at Dynasty in terms of like two to three year windows. Like, do I have enough firepower here to get me to that ledge? get me to that championship and seeing guys that are 26, 27 do it for you. Like that's like, yeah, you can win with a 22 year old running back, but like year after year, we're seeing these guys who are older, who are experienced, who take care of their bodies, who have been trusted in the NFL, who can handle the workload. Like those are the guys that we see just do well year after year. And it's awesome to see. I think it's going to be fun to watch guys like, like Eckler and McCaffrey and Barkley, see how they age because they are such great pass catchers as well. Um, it's not like they're a, a Chubb and a Henry where they just grind the ball between the tackles. Best, like awesome runners, able to evade tackles with elusiveness. Like that's awesome. But like you have kind of two different variations of older running backs right now, 26, 27 year olds. We have the pass catchers and you have the big bruiser, the good runners. So it's going to be cool to see how these guys kind of age and see because it's going to change the narrative on running backs and i think it's awesome yeah it's wild when you look at it so yeah looking at the next trade Diggs and hill when i was talking to mike he said he's like i'm gonna move them in separate deals because that's how i'm gonna maximize their value i said that's a to his face i said no i think you can behind his back i was saying that's a great move i was at hockey i get out of hockey i see this trade go through and i said he texted me on the side saying sorry i know i said that i'm like mike I, don't, I could never have matched this deal in a yeah. million years. This is one of the best deals I've ever seen. This is crazy. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think me and you both sent offers for both of these players. And, like, yep. my offers, I'm sure your offers, too, were, like, a player, a first, and a second. A player, a first, a second, and a third. Two firsts, a play. Like, yep. I was sending heavy offers, right? And I'm sure you were, too. But then when you look at this deal, like, like Pick gives up. Etienne and Pierce, who, like what I'm talking about, that window, like these guys are going to help them win for the future. 
uh, and some firsts for like the top two of the top three, two of the top five. I think you could say top, two of the top two, two? Of the top three, two of the top <laughs> two. two. The yeah. Top two. Right when I said five, I was like, no, they're, they're, they're the top two dogs. And yeah. It's crazy. Like Pick's team got even better. I'm just going to say it though. If only he had Cooper Cup to go along with it, he could have made this trade kept. Oh, it's a, just think about that. Like if he, he never did. Well, he Cooper... had to get ETN. Well, I know, get... but dude, he, he, I think he could have easily had kept Cup. Never got the ETN in the first and dealt other assets, and he still could have gotten Diggs and Hill because that's what Pick does. Pick has does not give a shit about his players. He will trade any single one of them. And Pick always has a pretty good team. He's always flipping guys for max value and getting accruing value. So I feel like he could have he could have finagled something. I'm just saying. I think that would have been cool. So the thing to look at this trade and the McCaffrey trade too. This was this was done while McCaffrey was still in Carolina. And the ETN trade was still was done while Robinson was still in Jacksonville. Yeah. So Larry gained huge value when McCaffrey moved, and Strzok gained so much value when Robinson moved for ETN. It is awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in that time, we've seen ETN really take off and emerge. You know, we were talking, I think, in like second podcast, we were talking about how like ah, ETN. I don't know if he has it yet. He's not really pa- casting patches. Yeah, catching <laughs> passes. Is he good at catching passes? Now it's like. He's just erupted. He's doing everything on the ground. Um, his past four weeks, 25 points, 24 points, 18 points, 12 points, 13 points. Like, he's getting it done on the ground. He's not really catching passes, like the volume. So imagine if he can tap into that. Right now, he's only seeing two to three, maybe five targets a game, catching two to three of them. He's never had more than four, three receptions in a game. And he's handling – 80% of the workload. So if he's going to get 20-something touches on the ground and he's going to catch maybe five, six passes a game, maybe if they bump up his targets a little bit, like he's he, he's in conversation of being the RB1. Um, it's looking like he has that beautiful. Upside. Looking beautiful yeah, just, for him. Just because of what the Jaguars said. Like, hey, we're going to get rid of James Robinson. You're going to be the guy. You're going to take – you're going to touch the ball 30 times a game and we're going to ride you into the sunset. So it's pretty cool. Good for Good for him. Um, the biggest thing the, you need to talk about with this trade, I'm sorry, I got to add one thing is when he when Trezik traded with Lyremore, he got a first, a second. You assume both those are going to be late. In the trade with Pick, he got Labouliers first, which right now is projected no later. It's going to be 101 through 103. It's going to be 201 through 203. So that's going to be that was such a big part yeah. of that move. Shrezik changed change his name after the CMC trade to the Shermans, you know, like he's tanking. But I mean, it's going to be a quick re- it's going to be a quick turnaround for him. Should be come next year. He's looking at four of the maybe like if he gets he has ETN Pierce and then he lands maybe one of those next top running backs in that draft class. And then he's able to kind of Garrett Wilson's able to take that next step. Maybe he holds on to Juju. He need, he needs a quarterback, obviously. So there's going to be a lot of needs to fill for him, but it's going to be. A, I think it can it can be a quick turnaround for him. You know, if if Pickett is the guy, if we can talk about James Cook later. Oof, and if he wants to make even a quicker rebuild, he take he uses that top pick, picks a guy. He uses he has two three more late first. He uses two late first, gets an good RB or gets a good wide receiver uses the other one like he has a lot of leverage that he can make a lot more moves right now yeah Be- because of the next trade he made yep and he has 
realistically, he's got two picks in 2025, two picks in 2024. He's got four in 23. So he has a lot of options. He can use all four of those first round picks in 2023 and then trade for veteran wideouts at the deadline and he can be in it for a contender next year. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, pretty cool. And then let's talk about the last trade. Um, Mr. Punch a guy in a hotel, Alvin Kamara. Um, yeah. Video evidence, baby. Video footage from TMZ comes out. Did you did you see the video? I didn't, I heard the video wasn't very great. Am I correct with that, or how was the video? I I saw like a little snippet of it. It was like it's blurry, it's black and white. You know how yeah. that you know how that goes. But I mean, he gets arrested from that incident. The guy who he punches files a lawsuit. So the hearing was actually today. So many of you, this is breaking news. If you haven't heard this otherwise um he had the hearing today i don't know really anything about how the judicial system works but the judge basically said there's going to be 60 60 60 days of negotiations he's going to have uh, another court date january 2023 and then he's going on trial in march of 2023 i mean at this point if the nfl hasn't suspended him over any of this it looks like he's kind of clear for the season am i right to say that He's going to be clear for this year is what they always said. So it's all going to be about 2023 and into that. But if they can negotiate. I mean, it's kind of funny. If 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 you went to this, you're in Washington, D.C. right now on your little conference, right? If you oh, yeah. just got hammered and just beat up a dude in the hallway and someone had video footage and sent it to your company, do you think you'd be allowed to work for the next year? They wouldn't even pay for my flight home. <laughs> it's so funny. I just, it's just so funny when you see this shit. It's like, these are the people that you're raising your little kids to look up to. You know what I mean, <laughs> they're like little, like six year old boys running around with Alvin Kamara jerseys, and he's just punching dudes out in hotel lobbies. I still got my Ray Rice jersey. Don't you worry. I, I, I have a Aaron Hernandez jersey, my friend. You didn't, you didn't bring that to the Patriot Pro Shop and go see Alex Larmore and Mike Strasick and give it back? I tried. Oh, oh, you bet your ass. I was, I was one of the first people in line, dude. Oh, you know yeah, what I yours, did? Is, yours is fake. Mine's from straight from China, baby. <laughs> the dude, I handed it to the guy at the counter. He flipped it inside out so fast, pulled out like a little magnifying glass, was looking at the stitching. It took him two seconds. And he was like, I can't accept this jersey. This isn't authentic. And I was like, what do you mean? I bought it here. And he was like, no, sir. No, you didn't. And he basically just told me to get <laughs> out. And I was like, okay, we are leaving. <laughs> did not did not work. Oh, that yeah, that's tough. So for... Harris in this trade, going back to the trade, Harris in this trade saw two teams that were already a little above him. I'd say that Larimore and Pick were already the best two teams. were a little bit above him. Harris saw them get a lot above him, and he just made the – I don't have a running back one because Javante Williams got injured, and I never quite figured out a two. So he went all in on Kamara. What do you think about that for his team? You know, it's Alvin Kamara, he's – Everyone like when he's one of those guys, he's so talented. And anytime he touches the ball, he can score. But it's just like the Saints just suck, man. They are just <laughs> like the keys, like we've talked about this on the podcast. Like the key to being like a top, truly like a league winning running back, like a top five fantasy running back, you need to get like it really doesn't matter about your rushing volume because we've talked about that. It really comes in. Do you get the ball on the goal line? Do you get pass catching work in a PPR league? And if you do, the rushing work is just the flavor on top. Like, that's why Austin Eckler 
is the RB one. Cause I know we don't want Austin Eckler to take handoffs from the 20 yard line to the 20 yard line. We want him to be catching passes and getting work in the red zone. And Kamara is, he's like, he's getting the, the receiving work, but he's not scoring any touchdowns. He has, Three touchdowns on the year, and they all came. I was going to say eight against the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> when he blew them out of the water. That was his best finish of the year as the RB one. Besides that, he's finished as the RB eight, nine. I mean, the RB eight, 10, 19, 23, 43, 45. It's like the Saints offense is not good enough, and that's the third key. You need to be on a high-powered offense that scores a lot of points. That that has passes the ball a ton that has a lot of explosive plays. If you're getting a lot of receiving receiving work on a shitty offense and you're not on the goal line, like, what are you? You're just a wide receiver too, basically that kind of like, ugh. it's like, ugh. it's like Kamara's so special as a player, but like, if he imagine him on like the Eagles or something, or I'm like the bills or like, you know what I mean? Like that is when you're really tapping into that. Lane. I thought that He's, was what James Cook was going to be. That, <laughs> dude, no way. We can we can talk about James Cook. His I did if if his brother was not Dalvin Cook, he would be a sixth round pick and no one would really care about him. Yeah, he played at Georgia, but like how much of that comes off the back of him being Dalvin Cook's brother and he was an athletic high school kid? Like he didn't profile well in college. He didn't even handle mega workload in college at Georgia. He didn't produce well at Georgia in college. So why is he gonna do that in the NFL? I never understood the James Cook shit. I never get it. So uh. you're saying that so you're saying Taking him over Kenneth Walker is a bad idea is what you're saying? Kenneth Walker, statistically, <laughs> analytically, the best running back in college football in 2021. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Now, now I get it. Yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. Thanks. To make my point clear, that was a bad pick. <laughs> Terrible. If, like, if Strazik picked Kenneth Walker over James Cook, he would not have to sell. He wouldn't he, have sold, he wouldn't have sold at all. No, because he'd be all. a top two team in the league right now. Damn it. With Stephon <laughs> Diggs, Tyreek Hill... Christian McCaffrey and Kenneth Walker, like, oh, crazy, crazy, man. These these trade these picks come back to get you, man. They haunt you for years. <laughs> All right, we got one more big trade. Um, so I traded Fab for the most useless, or I traded a third round pick for Fab second time in two years for the most useless thing of all time, I guess. Yeah, because that was tough, man. I put I put all thirty six dollars in. And I looked at it and I said, I really need this guy because he's my backup for my starter. I said, yep. I really need this guy. And there's no way that Harris isn't going to put $100 in. I'm like, there's no way he needs running back help. He needs an RB2 so bad. If Deion Jackson's the RB2 for this team, like Harris is going to take him. I'm like, okay, I need to get over 100. I need to get to 101. I way overthought it. Way overthought it. Spent a third round pick, whatever. Did the same thing last year. The. My trade last year ended up being Curtis Samuel for Justin Ross. Fine. This year we'll see. We'll see how it ends up turning out. But yeah, that one, that one really hurt. Yeah, I mean it's tough because in the week that it's funny in the week that Jonathan Taylor missed, they faced the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when you're rushing, when you're running back and you're facing the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's like glory, right? Like Derrick Henry versus the Jaguars, he always goes over 200 yards and like multiple touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor against the Jaguars, you can go back and look at the stats. The man is unreal against the Jaguars. The week that JT misses, Colts are playing Jacksonville Jaguars. Who's the RB1 on the week that week? Who was it, Travis? I'm asking you. Was it Dion? It was Mr. Dion Jackson on the back yeah. of 
Only 42 yards rushing and a touchdown. It was all the catches. That's right, baby. Because that's when it was Matt Ryan. 10 for 10. 10 targets, 10 receptions for 79 yards. That's how you become the RB1 in fantasy that week. And then, you know, Jonathan Taylor kind of comes back, kind of doesn't, still injured. He's in, like, a weird snap share now. Deion Jackson, like, barely saw the field after that. And then they ruled JT out again, and you're like, oh, he was the RB1 without Jonathan Taylor. They're running the ball well. You know, you just you just outthought yourself. But I, I, I needed – earlier in the season, I spent $50 on Jalen Warren because I like – I've always – I hit well on Tony Pollard early in his career. I hit well on Aaron Jones early in his career. I've hit well on some of those players um, that are, look supposed to be backups thinking they can be starters. So if you watch, that's – I'm really good with the running backs. Can't do it with the wide receivers though. Can't figure out how to pick up a wide receiver to save my life, but I just went for another hit, and I thought I was gonna, I wasn't gonna be the only one. It's kind of surprised there. Yeah, I mean, looking at Deion Jackson, athleticism-wise, 90th percentile speed score, uh, 85th my, my type of guy. <laughs> yeah, 80th, 85th percentile 40-yard dash. He was an undrafted player out of the 2021 class. He played at Duke. Kind of interesting. He's 23 years old. He's 5'11", 220. He's got really good size. He In college, he didn't really dominate, but he's a mega athlete. And he caught uh, – he was like a mediocre, like plus to above average pass catcher in college. So good – like that's the player you want to invest in, right? He also had a 72% yeah. burst score. So he's super athletic. Like that's what I'm trying to say here. Even though he's undrafted, he didn't play well in college. An athletic kid, knows football well. When given the opportunity, he was the RB1 in fantasy. But he played against the, the worst run defense in the NFL, unfortunately. And, it and looks that's like, the way she goes. And that's the way she goes. It looks like Jonathan Taylor, you know, we'll talk about him, but he's kind of coming back from injuries. He practiced. He did practice, yeah. And, I mean, good <laughs> thing. I think the best thing – Colts trading Naheem Hines, kind of paving the way for Dion to be that guy. Like, if he if he showed us, you know, he can catch passes week eight, 10 for 10. If he can be the Naheem, Naheem Hines to Jonathan Taylor, then I think trading a 2023 third-round pick for that guy, whether it's Naheem Hines or Dion Jackson, whoever's going to catch those dump-offs, like, I don't hate it. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about Naheem Hines. What do you think about his value on Harris's bench? <laughs> His value on Harris has been – I mean, Hines has always been, like, unfortunately in this league. You know, we got 10 guys. You know, everyone's got a huge bench. Not many places to plug these guys in. Um, I mean, Hines is he's, – he's been around. He's, he's only 25 years old, you know. I mean, week eight, 12 points. He's, he gets a rushing touchdown. He's always been that pass-catching guy. I mean, he really just needs to – for him to really make it into – Harris's lineup we need to see like maybe an injury to one of the other three running backs on the bills we need to see Hines take over a full workload he has weaker opponents coming up in Cleveland and Detroit so I don't know I I don't hate it I think it's good I think it's good you want to like I said you want to be on a you want to be on a high-powered offense that throws the ball a lot that scores a lot of touchdowns that's how you have fantasy value as running back yeah, the biggest thing for that trade for me was the James Cook. I think that he saw the biggest decline probably in this whole entire trade deadline. Absolutely. Was, was probably him, which I really feel bad because I think that everybody was – we knew that Singletary was going to get the 
rushing downs, but okay, James Cook should be the receiving back. Yeah, he should be. It wasn't getting it, wasn't getting it, wasn't getting it. And at the deadline, they get Naheem Hines. And the other issue with Hines is he has a contract for the next two years. It's not like this is just a quick rental to win a Super Bowl. He's going to be there. And that's that's what's going to hurt Cook the most because that that caps his value. Somebody who people were taking in the first round, Strays took in the first round. It's just something that he's never going to be quite what people thought it looks like. Yeah. I mean, looking at James Cook's stats he's fast the man's fast uh 4 4 40 94th percentile you know he has a pretty decent speed score you know that speed score is a combination of like your size and your um your speed on your 40 so like that's good but like the rest of his metrics are not that great he was kind of that big big play home run hitter at georgia oh yeah um college yards per carry 6.6 but besides that he ranked like in the lower fourth like 22nd percentile for dominator rating which is basically like like we've talked about like your ability to dominate on the college football field and if if you dominate in college then pretty good indicator you're going to dominate in the nfl he never really had that he didn't test fully at the combine either we don't have all of his um athleticism metrics because he didn't do all of it so it's like i don't know i don't know i don't know he's rb 61 on the year right now james cook yeah and there's a lot of he might be behind like use check at that point, yeah, Uzcheck has a has a few spikes <laughs> weeks in there, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, another big trade that I wanted to talk about: Kadarius Tony getting a new life. I thought that was awesome, and it's really good for Colin having a, just another depth piece because I think Tony could end up being a piece there. It might not be this year, but another rookie that gets beat up, Sky Moore. Sky Moore gets beat up a little bit. Um, he got drafted by Pap in the late first round. Tony was somebody that pretty sure Colin in that big four-way team trade, that crazy trade, that was somebody that Colin moved down a couple picks so he could pick up Tony. So I think this is really good for Colin, really good for Tony, who all of a sudden is just healthy. You yeah. just get a new team and you're healthy. And it, tough for Sky Moore. Yeah, I know. Tough for Sky Moore. I mean, we're gonna talk about it in the in the roundup, but not not a lot of these rookies besides like the like the elite eight like the big the big guys that we like we know the names we can list them off the top of our head a lot of these guys in the second all the second round picks you know some of the late firsts like outside of a few guys who have made a little bit of a buzz people there really hasn't done a lot of stuff sky Moore is one of them so we'll get into that in a little bit um yeah i mean i i like the move for like for Colin, Kevin, Kadarius, Tony, any you any player on the Chiefs you want, you want to share of that. You know, maybe in a couple of years, if if they decide to let Nicole Hardman walk and t- Tony and Juju become the kind of main options there, like that's pretty, that's exciting. You know, that's pretty exciting. Any guy who's going to catch passes from Mahomes in that offense is has upside. So I think it's a great move for him. Um, the interesting thing now is like switching medical staffs like is he gonna take care of his body a little bit more is he gonna kind of take care of that hamstring both hamstrings that we have not seen Kadarius tony play a lot of football because the man is always not playing so i'd like to see him play so that, that's really the, the priority here before we get too far ahead of our skis like is he going to be healthy and play a full full year i mean a full month of football because we haven't seen it yet then you got calvin ridley who cannot talk to the jaguars he could not accept a call from the Jaguars. Could not. He cannot talk to the NFL right now. Can't show up. Can't do anything. 
but he gets moved. Gets moved for a fifth round and then a conditional second round pick, and he gets a get some T Law. So good for T Law next year, I guess. If Ridley's even healthy, I don't even know what's going on with him at this point. Yeah, that was crazy when I saw that. I almost didn't believe it because Calvin Ridley's kind of been this like mythical, like not real player in our minds for like the past year. Cause he like burst onto the scene as an older rookie then became like the wide receiver one randomly one season without Julio. And everyone was like, Holy shit. He's the wide receiver one in dynasty. And then all of a sudden just gone poof, poofed away. And like, I, I forgot about him. I was like, Holy shit. Calvin Ridley. Like, that's crazy. Like, that's an awesome trade for the Jaguars. Like, they have nothing to lose. Like, they're bringing on a guy. Give him a restart. Hopefully, he's done what he's had to do to get right with the league, to avoid future suspensions like this. I, I love it. I love it for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, who've kind of showed a little bit of life this year, a little bit of duds. There's but... certain games where he looks like he can be the man, and other games where he just – reverts back i just don't really know what you're getting from him at this point yeah and like we've talked about like in order for these young quarterbacks to really take that next level leap like we saw with josh allen getting stefan Diggs, um we want to see guys or quarterbacks take that next level step and give them an alpha wide receiver and maybe they can do that so if you put calvin ridley on that roster he's an instant upgrade over christian kirk i don't care what you say josh abers um (laughs) christian kirk is christian kirk and we know calvin Ridley is really really good and he's his upside is way higher so maybe this kind of unlocks trevor lawrence a little bit in the future i'd love to see it it'll be really exciting so we shall see i forgot about that trade that's a good one yeah and then you got two more you have so we're talking about a lot of rookies. Somebody came to their team and uh, complete nosedive. The opposite of that is George Pickens. You got rid yeah. of Chase Claypool. So yeah. the Bears get Claypool for a second-round pick, and Pickens gets the number two job. Literally, there were people saying on NFL draft night that that uh, Chase Claypool announced his replacement. when he. For those of you who don't remember, on, NFL, on the NFL draft, Chase Claypool walked out the middle stage holding the envelope that showed the Pittsburgh Steelers select George Pickens. And now, fast forward, that man just took your job. Crazy. Just right out, right out from under him. And, it, yeah, it was good for Pickens. Good for Claypool, though. He gets a chance to be – he'll be the number one the rest of the season. The Bears will draft somebody – actually, they don't have a high pick. I don't even know what to – what know, the dude. Bears are going to do. Claypool might be the number one receiver again next year because their bridge and class is really bad for wide receivers. Really good for running backs, really bad for receivers for those. Um, like Jacoby Myers might be the top receiver coming out this year and Juju Smith-Schuster. So it's going to be a, it's gonna yeah. be a real, real, real ugly free agent class. So if you don't have those top picks, um, if these NFL teams don't have the top picks, it's going to be ugly. Running backs is a different situation. But it's crazy. Good for uh, Good for Claypool. Yeah, I mean, the Bears have the ultimate hodgepodge of wide receivers. Um, between Darnell Mooney, who was like a fifth-round pick, Nikhil Harry, uh, first-round pick, second team, Chase Claypool, second-round pick, second team, and then a bunch of, like, weird Velas Jones, who hasn't done shit, Equinamia, St. Brown, um, who, who, who's Amon Ra's little brother. Like, just weird. There's just, like, an odd bunch over there in Chicago. They're, they're just a weird team. You want a fun Velas Jones set? Yep. Velas Jones with a hel- was a healthy scratch this week. Oh, dude, that is the, the worst. Wait, 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 wait. The person who beat him out 
Nikhil Harry for that last yeah. for the last wide receiver spot. Nikhil Let's Harry's go. been in the league for how many years? Four? Three or four. Yep, three or four. He is younger than Vilas Jones. I love that. Nikhil Harry is younger than Vilas Jones, but has been in the year, has been in the league for three years. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. That Vilas Jones pick made no sense when it happened. Everybody was ridiculing them, and now it looks even worse. They took Vilas Jones in the second round. And for talking about a guy who literally had no collegiate profile whatsoever, no real athleticism, Vilas Jones. Uh, really, the only reason why he got drafted so high is because at the senior bowl, he played really well. So cool, man. You're the oldest guy in the field playing against a bunch of older kids, and you're the best one out of them, but still not good. <laughs> yeah, isn't he already 25, I think? Uh, let's go. Google. Cause, Google. Cause, cause that, that's the whole joke. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, let's he's see. already he 25. Wow. Darnell Mooney's 25. That's crazy. Yeah, you, you can – so you can do that with a lot of people. I just picked Nikhil Harry because it's because I know he's young. But any wide receiver who came out young, you can pretty much do that with against Vilas Jones in the last couple of years. He has three catches for 24 yards this uh, this year so far. Wow. Played at Tennessee, though. Tennessee is good this year. Tennessee's great this year. I didn't know that, though. So, <laughs> oh, this is interesting stat. Vilas, this is okay. Let's put some context. Vilas Jones. He transferred to Tennessee. Do you know what team he transferred from? Georgia. No, USC. So he he was behind Drake London um, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Isn't that crazy? Amon Ra and who else? Wasn't there another big receiver recently from USC? Yeah. Um, 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 oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, we've talked about it. Oh, no, God. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. know. The, I know. Drake the... London, Amon Ra. Might oh, be. No. All right, we're going to come back to Might that. Might just be. Oh, just Michael Pittman. Mid- Michael Pittman. Yeah, Pittman. So like Pittman's Pittman. also a recent one. So and that's kind of cool. Vilas Jones was the wide receiver like four or five, and he was looking up at Drake London, Michael Pittman, and Amon Ross St. Brown, and he was like, I can't play with you guys. I have to transfer to Tennessee. I'm out of here. I'm and out of here. Jordan Addison, who is a freak. Yeah. Big, big Tennessee, fan of his. Tennessee's kind of cool. Anyway, enough. No, no more college football. This isn't a college football podcast. Oh, I love it, though. Any more? I, uh, I think the last trade is just TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, that one that one made the least sense to me. Yeah, I mean it was funny because me and you chat with Jabers and Jabers was trying to like hype it up. He's like, "Oh, this is a good move. This is a good move." But when you actually look at the stats, it's a complete lateral move for TJ Hawkinson. He goes to a better team statistically, but from a numbers perspective, the Vikings and the Lions are like neck and neck in yards per game, passing per game, points per game. Like, he's still the number three, number four option. He's still young. Really, this was just the – yeah, we'll take pick. Sure. And what do they always say about rookie quarterbacks? They like to throw to tight ends. They like to throw to running backs. They, they like the safety things. Next year, you're, they're projected to get C.J. Stroud. They're projected to get one of the, one of the top picks probably. I think they're, they're one in six, so they're, or they're a really bad team. They're projected one of the top teams. So I think it would be nice for Hawkinson to have a tight end. I just don't get it for the Lions. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really understand. I mean, realistically, Hawkinson hasn't really solidified himself as that next guy. Like Hawkinson and Fant, they came up together, and it was like everyone was like, "Wow, these guys played together in college. They're super freaking athletic. They both have. They both tested great at the combine. They're beasts on the football field, and we haven't seen them do really anything. Like, oh, could yeah. they be a really late breakout?" Like a 
like a Mark Andrews, Darren Waller? Yeah, maybe they could. Maybe it takes a change of scenery, but this might be like a coaching thing too. Like the Lions might be like, you know what? Like we like this kid, but like we haven't really seen his potential and we don't think we can tap into his potential. We're going to lose him in free agency in two years, in a year. Why not just get a second round pick? Like that's sick. They got a second round pick. That changes your franchise. Like holding on to a, a mediocre tight end that may or may not ever do anything when you can flip that instantly and get a second round pick and take a guy like, like players taking the second round, like Tariq Woolen. Like everyone's talking about how great Sauce Gardner is. Tariq Woolen, rookie cornerback on the Seattle Seahawks, better statistically than Sauce Gardner. And like he is was, so big. He's so he's so long, dude. The Seahawks, they the Seahawks had one of the best, if not the best, they probably had the best draft. Tariq Woolen, the the rookie guard they took is like one of the PFS top ranked guards. Obviously, Kenneth Walker, like they are. They're get their team is looking incredible, and it's are every all those draft picks. They're like one of the youngest teams, starting the most rookies, and they are just and they're, and they're six and three. They're six and three, so that's what I mean. Like in the Lions, worst case scenario for them, I feel like the Lions are in that mindset where they know how to win, and I think they're doing things really brilliantly this year. If you've kind of paid attention, like they're rolling with Jared Goff, cool, which is basically like the like. Like the like the tanking bluff. It's like, oh, we we traded for Jared Goff. He's the face of our franchise. But like in whispers, like we really just want to lose, and they're doing that. And if you watch what they've done with their medical staff, like Jamison Williams, we haven't seen him play at all. DeAndre Swift, it's taken him four weeks to recover. DeAndre from this. Swift's annoying, I gotta say. So listen, listen, this is my conspiracy. They're like, yo, dog, we don't need to win. Then why are you making him active? Okay, because because th- this is what they want to do. They want to lose as many games as possible and acquire these picks. They've done that so well with all these trades. This the, the Detroit Lions are going to be a phenomenal team come two to three years, and it starts with what they're doing now. They're like, yo, Jameson, you know what? We, we could really use you to win games, but let's win games in 2023. Let's come out. Let's say, like, oh, rehab's going okay. We want to take things slow, keep you on the sideline. That's okay. That's okay. Um, oh, DeAndre Swift, how you feeling? Oh, you're ready to get back out there? Okay, let's have Dan Gamble go out there and say, oh, yeah, he's, he's getting better. We want to slowly get him back in. Your best team is when you have DeAndre Swift in the backfield. They don't want to win. It's okay. Keep him slow. Oh, it's okay, DeAndre. You'll be back soon. You'll be back soon. Put him in 10% of the snaps, 15% of the snaps, just to make the illusion that you're trying. But realistically, they want to lose as many games as possible. They want pick one-on-one because they know they're going to get a – their alpha quarterback for the future. I think it's brilliant. I know it sucks for fantasy because we're all like, <laughs> if you have DeAndre Swift, you're like, what the F, dude? I, I yeah, want... I, I started him and he played six, I think it was six snaps, seven snaps. Yeah, just it was ten. It was 10 out of 62. That's all he played. He was active. They're like, okay, he's finally, he's going to be on the field. I was all excited. 10 of 62. Just a waste. Terrible. I'm shouldn't telling even you, be, though, Shouldn't even be allowed to do that. <laughs> I know. I, I... I know what you're saying, but I feel like this is how teams tank in the NFL and they can kind of fudge things. Using the medical side, is a, that's a sneaky good way to do it. All right, to finish up some trade things, Green Bay didn't trade for anybody. They have now lost five in a row. They are useless, and I don't know what, what their plan is. They got all that money in Rodgers. They got all that money. That's not good. And the other one I wanted to bring up was the Jets holding on to the bum Elijah Moore. I don't know what they're planning on doing either. Okay, today, Robert Sala came out and said Elijah Moore will now be moved to the slot. So, 
Elijah Moore is going to play slot over Braxton Berrios, which I think is the stupidest thing we even have to say. Braxton Berrios. I don't even want to know where he went to college or when he got drafted. But Braxton Elijah Berrios, Moore, Clemson. I mean, he had some huge, huge uh, – he might have been UNC. Never mind. Keep going. No, no, no. You're talking about Hunter Renfro playing at Clemson, dog. You're getting your white Braxton slot Berrios receivers mixed up. Braxton Berrios might be UNC then. It's one or the other. All right. I'm fact-checking it. But anyway, that was – this is news today. So – we are going to see wide receiver sets with Corey Davis, uh, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. He should be on the field every single time. He was already top like two in the NFL of like routes run, snaps, but then all that drama came out, and then he got benched, and then whatever. Braxton Berry was played at Miami. Sixth-round yep. pick. Completely wrong. He grew up in North Carolina. Woof. Completely wrong on that. Starting yep. over Elijah Moore, who they invested a second-round pick in him. Who played at Ole Miss, shared the field with DK Metcalf, and balled the f out. Like, you, you, come on, like let's not be silly. So hopefully, nice, hopefully, hopefully, we see. You really think Elijah Moore stinks? Nah, I just get under Jaber skin. And I love it. <laughs> I love every second of it. Is this a real Travis Remy fancy take, or is this just you just trying to piss somebody off? Oh, just just get Jaber's mad. Ninety uh, percent of my takes are just to get Jaber's mad. Team and I just trash on players. Last season. Elijah Moore with Zach Wilson last like six games of the year. He was a wide receiver one. He has that potential. He has that upside. He can do it. I believe in him. So I'm I'm glad he's staying because I, I believe in the Jets as a franchise. They're on the up and up. Um, They're six and three. They don't need them. Keep them on the bench. Dude, I saw a crazy statistic comparing the Jets of 2022 to the 2021 Bengals. Both. Did you see this? No. Both started the season with the same exact Super Bowl odds. Both have a second-year quarterback. Both lost in week two to each other of their respective years. Both at six and three at this point in the season. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny to go through and see the statistics of like, wow, like the Bengals had a pretty miraculous year last year, and the Jets are kind of replicating it to a T, which is kind of cool. If only Brees Hall stayed healthy. If only Brees Hall stayed healthy, man. We're gonna let's oh, talk. Let's let's, let's use that. Let's cry, cry a little bit. Let's dive right into Texas medical tent. Go right. over some of these brutal injuries, dude. Brees Do Hall it. is the biggest one. Um, yeah, that's tough. Tears the ACL, so he's out for a year. Sad, real sad. Um, especially because that team is so good. Staying in the rookie running back section, Damian Pierce missed practice today with a chest and shoulder injury. Kind of interesting. Tried to find some research on it. Couldn't find anything. <laughs> Not really sure what that means. Maybe that's just like a little last day. That's fine. I think that's all right. Um, we're going to go down and talk about a lot of players who got injured. Kyler Murray missed practice with a hamstring injury. That's what you're worried about with a rushing quarterback. Happens um, to him every with, second half of every year. Yep. And th- this is what I'm saying. Hamstring injuries. We talked about it. Go back to the second podcast. You can listen to my like five-minute spiel about hamstring injuries. This is either an acute injury where he pulled up and it tore, or he's just not taking care of himself. Maybe he's playing too much Call of Duty with, with Josh and Pick, and he's just not taking care of himself. So who knows? Um, Rashad Bateman, Rashad the God, he's officially done for the year, Remy. I know. Pour one out. Wah, wah, wah. Just Terrible. look at week one and week two if you ever yeah. want to think about who Rashad Bateman really is. Yeah, it's tough because with these – with these wide receivers, this was something I talked to you about. Rookie wide receivers, if they miss time of their rookie year camp, they're on a bad trajectory. And it goes back. There's a lot of names on it. You know, 
Odell was one of them, but he's turned great career for that short period of time. Like Nick, um, Paris Campbell, like these guys that get hurt in camp and miss time. It's terrible. And Bateman was one of those guys. He ends up having a, he had foot surgery. So I think it was one of those like mid foot ligaments that he tore through and dislocated a bone, kind of like what Marquise Brown had. Marquise Brown, he's out for the same thing. He had that same injury in college, re-injured it this year. So we're going to see Brown back because it was just like a re, like a revision type of thing that they're doing. But Rashad Bateman done for the year. Terrible injury. Um, J.K. Dobbins went back under the knife, had another surgery on the ACL knee. This is bad, man. This is what you're worried about. This is what you're worried about. It's tough because, like, Brees Hall, like, tears ACL, everyone's like, oh, it's all right. Like, do the math in your head. Oh, he'll be back next year by December. But, like, this is in the range of outcomes where you have a terrible, terrible time recovering and you never, ever see your potential like you had before injury. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Brees Hall, but the J.K. Dobbins is in the same range of outcomes as the Adrian Peterson. So it's just it's just sad, man. You know, and I know. Yeah, but everybody always says AP. Nobody ever says Dobbins. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And it really sucks. Um, really sucks. Jonathan Taylor, he practiced today, so that's good. It's kind of funny, man. These players, like, I think they would have been a week two when he was injured. On IR, he'll be back week seven. Instead, they trade. They tried playing this like game where, oh, he's back. He's gonna practice. He's not gonna practice. He's practicing. Oh, he's gonna play, but he's terrible. But they're gonna hold him out again. It's like it's not worth it. Just shut him down for shut him down for the four weeks. Um, but he's back. So maybe maybe we see Jonathan Taylor, who might be like the biggest bust of the NFL season so far. Would you say so? Because people were taking him out like the oh, absolutely. Yeah, the one on one that can't produce. That's the biggest bust. It's funny. People were like, oh, you got to go Jonathan Taylor over Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey's injury prone. And we haven't seen Jonathan Taylor do anything. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, terrible. Um, Jamar Chase. Do you have that quote about Jamar Chase? Oh, I don't think I do. It was kind of funny. Jonathan, so Jamar Chase fractures. He has a hairline hip fracture. So usually, yeah, so hairline hip fracture and a torn labrum. So Little medical lesson, the labrum is like cartilage that surrounds the bones. You have uh, labrum in two joints in your body, your shoulders and your hips. Um, Basically like suction cups, like suctions the bones together to give them good range of motion. That's why your shoulder range of motion is the best uh, joint in the body because it's basically like a golf ball. And a labrum is what sucks it down into the golf tee and you get that full range of motion. The hip is very similar. It's, It's more angled. It's like a 90-degree angle, 70-degree angle of the hip joint into the hip socket. keeps that sucker in place. But he must have had some type of acute injury where he tore his labrum in a hip. Usually that comes from like a really awkward positioning, a really fast motion, gets tackled in a weird way. You tear the labrum and the hip kind of becomes unstable. That's a real concern. Also had a hairline fracture, so maybe like a bone-on-bone type of injury where he had a fracture. Maybe it's a fracture of the neck of the femur. Either way, not good. Um, you miss time. You miss a lot of time. Usually, like four to six weeks for a torn labrum, especially if you're an NFL football player. Those basically came out and were like, on IR because his body is just different and he oh, heals yeah. better than other people. Um, weird, weird, like wordage. Like why? Like if you were smart, just let him rest and you get him back because Tyler Boyd and T Higgins can easily fill in. 
um, when Joe Mixon's scoring six touchdowns a game. Like, you don't need Jamar Chase on the field when he of his health. You can just go 100% T. Higgins and Joe Mixon and let Joe Burrow just, like, dissect defenses. Like, you don't need to rush him back. And that's what they're doing. Like, they've already said there's a chance Jamar Chase might play this week. Like, this is terrible. Like, why? Like, this man is so young. Just let him heal. Get a surgery if he needs a surgery. Put in the six to eight weeks, whatever you need. Start the rehab. Get him back even stronger. Like, I hate these. It's terrible, man. It just saps the the, the excitement out of a lot of these players. Um, It's just not fun, man. It's definitely not fun. Yeah, and it's just going to keep happening that way because all these top guys care about is winning. The Bengals are kind of having an underperforming year, so how do you get out of being kind of underperforming? Because they started off poor, then they got better, then they're back to the middle. They're 5-4. and four. They're just one of those mid-level teams not quite in the playoffs, right on the outside. All right, how do, what do we need to be? Oh, we need Jamar Chase. Uh, we'll do anything to get him back. So it's just short-term versus long-term. Don't really, uh, don't really think about it, I'd say. Yeah, and comparing them to, like, the Lions. Like, the Lions are in it for the long term. They're like, we suck, man. We have a really good – we have a really strong franchise um, fan base. They know we suck right now, but they're in it for the future. We're just going to shut guys like Swift and Jamison down, and we're going to come back full force 2023. The Bengals are like, man, we got to the Super Bowl last year. We, we got to sell tickets. We got to sell jerseys. Jamar Chase, he's the key to that. Let's try and rush him back. You just keep your fingers crossed that this doesn't become a chronic issue and we see Chase miss more time. Um, really the other big injuries, Josh Allen, about him missing a lot of time, um, with a UCL injury of the elbow. So that's oh, like, oh yeah, the, that throw was ugly. That throw was very ugly. For those of you guys who didn't see it, Josh Allen like drops back in the pocket. He, it was a deep pass to somebody and he like goes back and chucks it. And as he's coming through, his elbow gets hit by a player's like shoulder helmet and bent and really torqued. Backwards, and that puts a lot of stress in the UCL, the ulnar ligament that baseball pitchers they tear, and it's Tommy John surgery to re- it's basically like it stabilizes the elbow. When you pitch a baseball or throw a football, it puts a ton of stress on that ligament, and when it tears, you can't throw. You can't. You don't have the stability to pick up a baseball or a football and throw it as fast and as hard as you can. For a guy like Josh Allen, I can throw the ball 70 yards downfield. That's a tough, it's a tough hit. Now they're saying, from what I found, grade one, grade two injury, ligament injuries are scaled on grade one to three. Three being fully torn, obliterated. Two is like a partial. One is very mild. What they're saying, it's day to day. So I take that as like week to week. So like he might play this week. He might, he might not play this week. He may play next week. Um, I don't know. Case Keenum got picked up in our league, so I think that's definitely good insight. There's a chance Josh Allen doesn't play. And he could miss, like, four weeks. He could miss two weeks. He could miss one week. You know, if it's fully torn, then that's surgery, and that's, like, Tommy John, and that's terrible. You do not want that because that's, like, the that's like an ACL tear of the, of the elbow, basically. Like, that takes a long time to recover, especially for a strong right-handed quarterback who stands back there and can throw darts all over the field. Like, that's tough very tough so it's kind of a wait and see moment kind of interesting though um on twitter stefan diggs he tweeted something did you see this i kind of no, like to see. What, what did he say let me find it let me find it let me find it i should have had it pulled up but so you know. in, in the meantime while you're looking that up what i thought was crazy was so on that you could tell that he got injured that's the one that everybody's going back to that was his injury 
The last throw of the game, he threw a 70-yard, 65-yard bomb. Oh, yeah. To hit Gabe, Gabe Davis. Davis right in the hands. That was a contest. Like, nah, that was, that was a tough play. He, but tough where to hit him? Where to hit him? He had the cornerback draped all over him, dog. Where where to hit him? I don't know. I, I got to go after, I gotta go back and watch it. I don't remember. Go watch the film. Gabe Davis stinks. It doesn't um, stink. Why, why did... Why did Josh L. Allen's UCL injury turn into Gabe Davis slander? Because, I'm just saying, I, it's because it's wild that he was able to still make that throw with a torn UCL, if that's the case. He threw a 65-yard bomb on the dot, and then Gabe Davis had to ruin it like he always does. Yeah, that would have been dope if he made that came up with that play. But anyway, I found the tweet. So 22 hours ago, at 7.47, Stefan Diggs tweeted out, rejoice, dot, dot, dot. So, rejoice. These wide, re- these wide receivers love to. <laughs> They're so cryptic, dude. It's so fun. It's like it's like an NFL drama, dude. Every single day, rejoice. Someone literally replied to the tweet and was like, "Tell me why," with like a dog face. And then the next reply was, "We Gucci from at Drunk Towns with the um, tag Go Bills with the definition of rejoice to feel or show great joy or delight." So maybe Bills fans are reading into this as rejoice because Josh Allen did not rupture his UCL and he'll be back very shortly. Oh, yikes. Yikes. I'm just watching the Gabe Davis uh, highlight on loop when it hits him. It actually doesn't hit him in the hands. I apologize. Told hits, you. Him in, hits him in the face mask because he didn't break put his hands <laughs> up. Because he's, he's known as a receiver who catches um, not the traditional way, but he catches like clapping and he, it's mm. known for that. And yeah. He he's got a lot of drops in his career. He it's one thing, it's just, it's just funny. Hits him right in the face mask. So this is even funnier now. Only players this season with four receiving touchdowns over twenty yards: Devontae Adams, Gabe Davis. So Gabe Davis is Deshaun Jackson. No, he's Devontae Adams. <laughs> well, what about all the other bad weeks? You want me to pull? Okay. All right, all right, all right. Gabe, oh, Davis, Gabe Davis off. Gabe Davis has a career catch percentage of fifty four percent. That sounds awful. I don't know if that's good or not. Yeah, that doesn't sound that great. <laughs> Gabe Davis this year has a 16, a 30, a 14. The other weeks, 5, 1, 4, 4. He's boom bust. He's Deshaun Jackson. On that play, Sauce Gardner had him on the coverage. He was all over him, dude. He had his hands up. He was – Hit him in the face mask. I don't he care had his left say. arm, left arm draped around, right arm up. Gabe couldn't see the ball. He was getting draped. The ball was thrown a little bit behind because my man Josh Allen has a little bit of a torn UCL. If he had he the threw full, behind if he had a five-yard pass, if he had a healthy elbow, dude, that would have been a choose, air underneath it. Gabe Davis got a touchdown, and we would have been talking totally different. But anyway, enough nope. of that. No, nope. but I can talk Gabe, Gabe Davis slander. Most catches this year is four in a game. That's pathetic, and you call him. Devontae Adams. I didn't call Get him Devontae out Adams. Of here. I did. I was joking though. He's not <laughs> really Devontae Adams. Out of here. That's just one of those just one of those Twitter stats that you gotta yeah, you gotta Stephen jump a. Smith to over here. Stephen A. Tex. Come <sighs> out with his fake stats again. It's not a fake stat. That was a real stat. Anyway. All right. <laughs> shut up, Travis. Let's move on. It's making me angry. It's not too hard. <sighs> All right. What are we doing? What are... I just what... wanted to bring up a couple rookie things. Yeah. Just okay. just, just wanted to here it is. Remy's rookie roundup. Let's just, do it. Just wanted to talk. Um, I've been having some conversations with people just about like this rookie class and everything like that. And I tried to write down everybody who I would give up a first for in this class. Ooh. Usually, I like that. usually, usually you can get up to 
in years past, you can get up to seven, eight. If it's a really good class, you can get up to like nine or ten. This class I struggled with so hard because it is just underperforming. So looking back, Brees Hall 101, definitely. London 102, definitely. Burks 103. Not a chance. No, he's coming back. He's coming back from IR this week, so maybe we'll see something. Yeah, not a chance. I didn't like him to begin with. Don't like him now. He's one of those guys that he has asthma. I don't like I don't like people with asthma. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Garrett Wilson, yes. Olave, yes. I get to Jameson Williams and I have a lot of issues because he hasn't played yet. He was worth the first, so what's the difference now versus then? But they're going to draft somebody else. They're going to draft another receiver. They're just going to keep loading up that offense. So, I don't know. I'm kind of scared about Jameson. So, I'm going to say no on him. But he's one of those mid-level guys that I wouldn't give up a first, but the person who owns him wouldn't trade him for less than a first. Yeah, he's an in-betweener. So, I have those the five guys I talked about, and then my sixth guy is Damian Pierce. So, Pierce was our third-round pick. Um, he's worth a first, if not more. So, I have Walker, Hall, Olave, Wilson, London, Pierce. And then I have those three guys that are the in-betweens. I got Jameson, I got Pickens, and I got Dotson. Other than that, this class kind of sucks. Yeah, and it's something we we talked about. Everyone was talking about the 2022 class was kind of weak. Um, and what the what their saving grace was, it had elite top running backs and Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall, and it had elite top wide receivers, but really no depth. And so we've seen, we haven't seen a quarterback emerge out of the, the Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett show. We haven't seen anything like that. We haven't seen a tight end do anything. No, we haven't seen any of the guys taking our second round, second round drafts um, really do much. So, you know, it's, it's tough because every year the excitement builds and builds and builds for all these rookies and, People can talk up like I just did with Gabe Davis. You know, you, you see one cool stat and then you can jump to conclusions on how great a player is and make make these comparisons and he's best comparable to this and his athleticism best grades out to be this. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you know, how these guys perform on the football field between September and December is really what val- how their value gets laid out. You know, that second round pick that you have at the 204, the minute you draft a player, that loses value. Instantly, you know, the value you had in the 204 instantly evaporates when you have Isaiah Spiller, right, or or uh, Trey McBride. Like, these guys are – it's tough. There's not a lot of excitement coming from that round, the second round of our draft, you know. And it's, we've seen guys kind of like the late round, like a little bit of buzz, like, oh, Isaiah Pacheco undrafted, yeah, like Jalen Warren undrafted, yeah. But really no one's taken over um, out of that second, third-tier group, so – it's going to be wait and see. There's always, always wide receivers that break out in the second half of the year. We've seen that with um, time and time again. So maybe a Pickens or a Dotson or someone else kind of emerges. But, yeah, man, it's tough. I agree with you. It's very tough. I do have to say, though, I think it's it's very exciting to see what these rookies are doing to produce the top-end guys. Like seeing yes. guys step on the field like Hall, Olave, Garrett Wilson, Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker just I mean, instantly become – talent like boom the next face of the nfl like that's exciting like that's awesome to see but also it's like at the same time it's like like we said one injury these guys are gone Traylon burks we haven't seen him do anything yet jameson williams we haven't seen him do anything yet so it's just very tough you real tough a couple guys to watch in the second half i have three guys that i think could 
jump up to that next tier, jump into that, probably that mid-level, like uh, in between a first and a second, that mid-level. Rashad White, there was a lot of talk about him getting more touches. The only thing is, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yards per carry between their two running backs are worse and second to worst in the league. It's really, really bad what White and Fournette are doing right now. Their but, offensive line is absolutely terrible right now. Yeah, it's it's a tough, tough scene over there just in general. But Rashad White, somebody that I would say to look for. Second guy would be Alec Pierce. He's um the only issue is there's no quarterback, so I don't know. But maybe changing the guard. He's uh been on the field a lot, been doing a lot, been getting a lot of catches, but nothing crazy. And the third is Wandale Robinson because yep. who because who else is on the Giants? Yeah, KG baby. Kenny oh. G. Did you yeah. cut him? Did you cut him yet? No, not yet, man. But oh, we li- had that good conversation. I thought I was gonna get through but, to you. I can't cut him now, man. He's finally listed as healthy. Like, <laughs> like, like. It's like, like you've been holding on to that lottery ticket like for six days, and then the lottery's drawn, and you throw it out the night before. Like, I can't. Like now, I can't. Like just the night before is gonna be every me. single day, every single day. I know. Like imagine if I drop him now, and then on Sunday he goes like six for seven and eighty yards and a touchdown. I'm gonna be so mad at myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The last person, Brian Robinson, maybe. Yeah. He's kind of that in between. He's not looking great, but they're giving him opportunities. So if he can put together a couple good games, the only problem is he's playing Philly this week. Good luck. After that, Houston and Atlanta should open up a little bit for him, though. I know, but what, like we've said, what are you really getting out of a guy that doesn't catch passes in a bad offense, that doesn't throw a lot, that doesn't have a lot of scoring opportunity when he's not handling the goal line work or the cat? Like, like, so he... what you're hoping for him is not to be really good this year. It's hoping that in the future, Commanders figure it out and he is the number one running back. So just him getting taking that job over more and more from Gibson, I think, is all you're really looking for at this point. Yeah, especially with all that drama up and down with Antonio Gibson. Like, is he going to be on the team next year? We have no idea. So I agree with you. Um, I think I'm most excited to see Wandale Robinson. Now that Kadarius Tony is gone, because that was a lot of talk in the offseason, like who is the better You drafted the same guy. Yeah, they two years in a row comp to the same thing athleticism yeah. wise. It was interesting though, because they did change coaching staff. So the old coaching staff had Kadarius Tony, new coaching staff instantly drafts his replacement and then trades Kadarius Tony like months later. So that obviously like we're trying to read between the lines here. Like, I think that's a really good sign for Juan Dale. And Shrezik has him. Like he got him in that deal. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, reverse that. Reverse that, that. Reverse that. I know. I wrote that wrong. I wrote that wrong. Yep. That was my. That was my. Um, a Smith math. Yeah. Pick got one down. <laughs> so that's great. Um. So if, if Wandale can kind of show out a little bit, he can be. He can like take that next level and be like the guy. He's kind of someone to watch second half of the year. Um. Because because the Giants need somebody. There's a lot of lines trading. Trading for Judy and they didn't. It didn't happen. So. Wandale has a great opportunity right now. Um, I'd love to see it. You know, one thing to go off like Rashad White, I mean, you're hoping that because the Buccaneers are bad, they're not great. They're four and five and first to shit show right now. But I guess you're hoping like Fournette goes down and Rashad becomes a bell cow. But even if like, the, the offensive line is so bad. They can't gen, they can't generate anything on the running ground. It's like you're hoping that he just, like, starts catching a lot of passes. But even when you watch him play, 
he does he's not really in there on the, the high leverage leverage opportunities to like block for Brady and to then be motioned out. So who knows? We'll see. I think he's definitely exciting. Um I really liked him coming out. Um I also really liked um running back. Uh Las Vegas Raiders. What's his name? Say it. Oh, is it Mary White? Zeus, yeah, Zeus White. So, but right now they're just running Josh Jacobs into the ground. So, uh, kind of the cat's out in the bag on him too. And Isaiah Spiller stinks, just like you thought. Yeah, Spiller. He just had one of the worst combines I've ever seen. He was supposed to be the RB three in the class. I remember. Just yeah, from like going on Twitter and everything. RB two, yeah, maybe RB one. He was a Texas A&M phenom statistically, but like when you actually broke down his numbers, he was not actually a good runner or better than anyone that Texas A&M had on their team. Um, he pretty much comped out to an average running back on his own team. They just gave him more volume, so his numbers were inflated. That's really what Isaiah Spiller's like college career kind of boiled down to. He's been a healthy scratch the past few weeks. Like that's a bad move. Bad no, luck. no, actually opposite. He was a healthy scratch to start the year, and the last couple of weeks he's actually been playing. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch the first six weeks. Then my dude, um, who's the other running back there? Uh, Josh Kelly. Kelly got injured. So then he got brought back on. He kind of beat out Michelle the last couple of weeks. But either way, you're behind Eckler, and they've proven even if Eckler goes down, it turns into a six-headed beast. They really don't care. That's another yeah. team that does not care about your fantasy and could care less about what you think with what they do with Keenan Allen and what they do with all their running backs. Yep, yep, yep. Agree with all you. Right. Let's get into uh, some power rankings real quick and get out of here. Yeah, let's do it. We know who it is. Um, who do you think? Who do you think is number one? Sorry, I lost you there for a second. Are you going starting from the bottom oh. or the top? I started at the top. Go right into the top. Pick Larry. Who do you have at number one? Give me pick with those three wide receivers. I don't care. Going against Diggs, yeah. Adams, and Tyreek every week. Good luck. Good yep. luck. Yep. Especially with especially he's, he's rolling out Kenneth Walker. Like Josh Allen, obviously he's um what he does on the ground every he's basically a, an RB one and a QB one. You know, a lot is riding on that injury. But, I mean, if, if Josh Allen is, you know, if he misses one to two weeks, it's not going to hurt in the long run. Picks team, I think, is still number one. And, and we've also, seen running yeah. – Keep going. I was just going to say, we've seen running backs are way more way more vulnerable to injuries. So, all it takes is one bad injury in, in, to one of the running backs on uh, Larry's team, and that team plummets. So, much harder for a run, wide receiver to miss significant time. Uh, I think Picks team has a little bit more stability. I also wrote down, like – if they were to make a trade, what they would do. And Pick's only hole really is tight end. He starts Taysom Hill just for the upside. He's got Fryer Muth. He's got Schultz. He's got all those t- late tight end ones that you quote-unquote like but don't like. So maybe I wrote down maybe a Hawkinson reunion could happen um, with Jabers. I could see that happening. But that's what I wrote down for his team. Um, Larry's right there at number two just from what we talked about. This is where it gets fun, though. Number three, four. Who do you got between me and Harris? I got Harris's team. I got Harris right. at three. Yeah, I got I, Harris. He's, he's he's got the firepower. He's got he's got younger stars. He's got the, he's the got the Lamar end. the Lamar Andrews yeah. is what really that double dip when healthy is what, the best double dip in the league. 
What else? Alan Diggs now? <laughs> ah, never mind. Pick has Alan Diggs now. <laughs> so the sec- second best double dip in the league. But yeah, that's going to be awesome to see. I, I like his team a little more. I think that Kamara is going to boost him up. Um, he's just going to have an issue with starting the right tight end or not tight end, starting the right wide receivers week in and week out because he has Sutton, he has McLaurin, he has Pittman, he has even Pickens if he starts having good Ayuk, he's, Pickens. He, he's yeah. never going to know who to start, which is a good issue to have. But it's probably the most frustrating thing you can have in fantasy. Yeah. yeah and the yeah, only yeah. thing he needs left is maybe another running back I could see. But that would be another cheap move. I think he could uh, end up talking with Pap about getting a uh, cheap replacement, like a Cordaro Patterson for a couple seconds, I think would look really nice on uh, Harris's team for an RB3 because I think uh, he might need it down the stretch with just having Mixon, who gets banged up all the time, and Kamara, who gets banged up all the time. doesn't quite have a three, so I wrote down – a couple couple seconds or something for Patterson. Um, so both teams can start doing what they need to do. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think that puts me at four. Yeah, I have yourself at four. Yeah, my team's kind of balled out the last few weeks. Um, I, I lost this past week, but, you know, Eckler, Jones, Josh Jacobs, Fournette, when they, when they go off, they go off pretty big. And having Travis Kelsey has a very stable 15 to 20 points a week, it's tough. It's tough to take, t- t- tough to take a hit right there. Um, my team's just inconsistent. I don't, you know, when uh, I'd like to see some more consistency out of it, but I beat Jabers by like two points this past week, squeaked it out on the back of Kelsey. So that's nice. Um, but, but that's your top four. This is where it gets interesting. Because now we got the Shermans, Mr. Tankathons. He's five and four, man. He's all right. What, what do you, 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 you got to say? You want me to vent? Say it. What the hell are you doing? What's your plan? If you really want your pick, because right now his pick's projected six. The difference between pick four and pick six this year was Garrett Wilson to Jameson Williams. If you want that big of a drop off, and you make the playoffs cute, like, go for it. But I just think that what Shrizik's doing right now is not smart and kind of showing off. I don't, I don't, just don't get it. Maybe this is me being bitter that it seems better than mine, but I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't get why you wouldn't start just, just roster with low points, get losses, get into that top four. Cause right now he's, he's kind of moving away from Colin a little bit. Well, he's moving away from myself, moving away from Colin. Definitely moving away from Pap. Like he's making his jumps up and he's picking up players. Picking up Raheem Blackshear isn't helping your max points four. I, I, I'm not quite sure what he's doing on his team. Yeah. So can you lay out in the DDL bylaws? Are there, what are the official rulings on tanking? You have to start a player that is projected a point. If you do not, at least point. Oh, two. That's what Colin did last year. 0.01. You just need somebody that has a point projection of some sort in your starting lineup. If you don't, first offense is warning. Second offense is you lose half your fab. Third, third is you lose a draft pick. Fourth was expulsion, maybe? I don't even know. Something crazy. Um, so what you're saying is Strazik has like two weeks worth of tanking that he can bench ETN, Kittle, Damian Pierce. But he could <laughs> by benching them, he could no, he could every single week he could bench those guys and start Burkhead, Huntley, Noah Brown, Van Jefferson, Mo Ali Cox. That could be a starting lineup next week. That's not a penalty. He's starting players with points. Yeah. It doesn't help his max points for, 
but it makes sure he's going to lose. And I, I just don't get why he's, why he's attempting to win. I just feel like it's not going to end up helping him if he is actually trying to tank. Do you think it? The other he... thing, it, <laughs> whoa, the other whoa, thing whoa. is he's he's beating teams that he has their pick. He's a, he's attacking teams that he has their pick. Why wouldn't he want to move? To, like I I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. Do you think if he benches this upcoming week, Etienne, Pierce, Lazard, Juju, Kittle, do you think there will be uproar in the league? Um. I can just see there it going might be. that way, where people are like, "But that happened last bullshit. year. This, this isn't is the first bullshit. time this happened." If you look at Collins' roster down the stretch and Jaber's roster down the stretch last year, it would look very similar. That's how Collins ended up with Brees Hall. He had some losses. Then they he cut some players. He didn't have a backup quarterback the last couple of weeks, so his max points four were down. It's just a smart move. But <laughs> hey, whatever. Shrizik, do hey. your thing. Each their own. From now, at least at this point, the Shermans just keep on rolling over people. Um, coming up next, we got the four and five tier. Colin and Remy. So I have all three of us in the same tier, by the way. My tiers are the top two guys, the next two guys, and then me, Strazik, and Colin in the next tier. Yeah, I think you you have more of the firepower between Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Ertz, Kyler, to put you at the better team of the three. You've just... I've taken the loss. You haven't put up a lot of good points. Um, Colin's team, it's you – know, he's got a young team. Like, Jamal Williams him. Ramondre Stevens is hurting him because um, they've been really freaking good. No, Colin wants is... to win right now. This is smart for Colin. He's like, I mean, he's, let's see. Let me see. He's, he's got saw, his own first. Saw, so like... Between him and Pop, he's trying to make the – this is this is uh, yeah. what he's trying no, to I, do. I get. It. Well, I, know. The... I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But the... not going for it. Him tanking, so now he's going for it. It's yeah. just it's just a tough spot to be at this point in the first. You're four and five. You're you're like in the middle. You're definitely not a top tier. You're definitely not second top tier. So do you just go for the six seed and hope to get lucky, or do you try and start tank like try and start losing? So I don't know. You have the better team out of the three. I think between Strazik and Colin, one of them are going to make the playoffs. It's going to be tough to see who really wants to go for it, who wants to fizzle out. I think if if everybody does what they're supposed to, it should be me and Colin in the playoffs and Strazik on the outside. But I agree. I don't, I don't I think, think that's Strazik's... how it's going to happen. I think <laughs> yeah. Strazik's just giving an FU to the world right now, which I kind of appreciate. He goes, um, I traded Diggs, Hill, and CMC, and I'm still winning. <laughs> hey, do what you got to do. Um, For Strazik's team, trades I written down was sell Juju. Go get yeah. whatever you can for him. Sell Kittle. I don't know why that wasn't part of his big sell. Go to go to pick, sell Kittle. Get some more things for him. Um, And then for Colin... I wrote down, just go get another flex. Just get anybody, like, not wide receiver, not running back dependent, because Robert Woods is just burning him, and it's somebody that he has to start because he does have the touchdown upside, but he's just one point, four points. Touchdown upside. Robert Woods has one touchdown on the year. But he has has no touchdown I was going to say, (laughs) he is the receiver there, so I guess that's his chance, but now that they're going to the complete run game, I wrote down Cordell Patterson. Pap should be calling all these teams – saying, do you want Patterson right now? And just getting some nice second-round picks or pairing Patterson with a running back, maybe, a James Robinson getting a first. Like, he should be trying to uh, 
to make his way and move his pick further down, I think. I, I think Collins should be playing Donovan Peoples-Jones the last three weeks, nine, oh, eight, he will ten be. points. He will be, yep. especially come two weeks from now when Mr. Deshaun Watson could step back on the field. I think that will be a nice flex play for him. Um, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler are just burning him right now because it's it's you can't choose you can't start. No Judy, you can Judy start. and feel happy about it. I mean, no, you can you can start Judy. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, you Judy, can. It's you're you're thinking exciting. of Sutton. That's the guy who stinks. Yeah, the last month, so six catches for like fifty <laughs> yards or something like that. Yeah, that's something real sad. That's bad. Yeah, so I mean, I guess Judy's solidifying. So there you go. There's two guys off yeah. the bench that he can throw in. Maybe if Odell signs with, like, we'll get excited about that. You know, he's expected to be fully cleared. By the end of this week, if he gets signed by the by the Cowboys, that kind of hurts him because he's he's got Gallup too, but Gallup's kind of been ugh, terrible so far. So, so tough. I think you see Colin beat Laboulier this week and then make uh, trade away his first next week. I think if he beats Laboulier, you'll see a trade. If he loses to Laboulier, he'll start selling pieces. So you're gonna see Colin go one way or another after this week. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with uh, that. My team, I wrote down, don't make a trade. Sit where you are and do what you're doing. Because right now I would have pick three, and that sounds really nice to me. So <laughs> um, just keep stinking or being decent. I don't know. My team is just in the worst spot possible. Because if you're not the first one to sell, if you have big pieces and you're not the first one to sell, it's useless. Because right now the only first-round pick that is circulating would be Collins. Yeah. So, like, it's tough. So I don't have – I don't have – the wherewithal to trade right now, so it's kind of tough. So I'm just going to kind of sit here and do my thing. When are you going to cut Julio Jones? Uh, he's going to be soon. He, I almost cut him last week, but what about... no, no, I don't need to cut Julio. I need to cut AJ. Julio. I was just, I was Julio, just Julio's fine. Julio had a good week. Julio had a good week? His yeah. 3.8 points? Yeah, yeah, he had five targets. <laughs> Dude. No, AJ Green needs to get cut. Julio can stay. All right, all right. Next up. Pap and Bulls three and six, and then Jabers at two and seven. Jay, I think Jaber, Jabers, Jabers has got the best better. team. Yeah, Jabers, Jabers is has the Jabers has the best team out of these three. Like on paper, his team is so young. He has some great, valuable assets. T. Higgins, Drake London, like he's got those guys. Jalen Warren, I mean, excuse me, Jalen Waddle, Swift, um, and he's got the QB one right now. Justin, Mister Justin Fields. So Jabers think- max points for are fifth in the league. So right now, if the playoffs ended, he or right now, if the season ended, he's two and seven worst record in the league. He would have the fourth overall pick. Crazy. That's crazy. His max points for really high. He has a decent team. He does have a decent team. He's going to be really good next year in the future. He's going to be one of those teams. Yeah, that I heard goes- that last year. Heard it the year before. Uh, Whatever. I, 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 have saying, faith. I have faith. I kept saying we'll see Jabers in 2024. That was always the joke I was saying. I still think I might be right. I mean, the biggest thing is that Najee Harris trade hurts him so much. He stinks. I've been saying that for yeah, years. He's awful. That stinks. And then Bulls' team, he got a nice little pop week off from Tony Pollard and Khalil Herbert. He's got Ooh. Chris Olave, who's nice and young. But besides that, the bench is kind of stinky. Great for Calvin Ridley, though. So maybe he sees a nice resurgence with Mr. Ridley. Boost up a little bit of his value. That has absolutely tanked. Um, and let, I mean, Pap's team... He he can sell Mike Evans. He can sell Debo Samuel. He can sell Corderell. He can sell Jalen Hurts. Like if he wants to 
acquire more picks, he can. Right now, he only has a 2023 third, and that is Mr. Christopher Pickering. So it is literally slated to be not <laughs> the 30th if, overall pick. It's not the last pick, the second to last pick, or the third to last pick, if the worst case scenario happens. Yes. So Pap does not have a lot of assets i mean a lot of um draft capital to add youth to this team cam Akers has been hurting him so badly kyle pitts has been hurting him so badly um even all the young guys chanel brian edwards sky Moore, these guys haven't done squat trey sermon so he's invested a lot into young talent james robinson another one but these guys have just not done well all right final and two of minutes. course you you look at his you look at his ir and he's got the Mike Williams, JK and Elijah Mitchell. So it just hurts. Exactly. Okay. Two, two minute, just quick. What would you do if you were the owner of Pap's team? What would you do if you're owner of the Labulier team? Cause I gave all the other teams what I would do. What do you do? Two minutes go. Okay. If I was Labulier, as I'm going to teams like Jake Texera and I'm saying, do you want Amari Cooper? Who's currently wide receiver 12 on the year? I would say, yes, I think I would like to make a trade for Mr. Wide receiver 12 on the air and make a trade for Amari Cooper getting Deshaun Watson back. Evan Papp, I'm going to go to Mr. Jake Texera and say, hey, Mr. Jake, do you want <laughs> Mr. Mike Evans, wide receiver 11 on the year? I'd say, oh, sure, I'd like to make that trade. Or he'll say, do you like Mr. Debo Samuel? I'd say, sure, let's make a trade. But anyway, that's what I would do. Um, but Evan, at Andrew, text me, call me, reach me, Facebook message me, Instagram, DM me, whatever you want to do. Let's make a trade, baby. Let's make a trade. I was hoping you weren't going to say yourself, but I do respect that. <laughs> but I respect I need, that more than anything. I need a wideout, dog, so let's do it. <laughs> Go get yourself Mike Evans. Let's do it. Go, Mike Evans. Do it. Oh, Mari Cooper with, with the sex offender coming back at quarterback. I can't wait. Anyway. Hey, everybody anyway. likes a good massage. That was a nice little Power Rankings recap sponsored by the Boston MBTA train station. Josh Abrams' favorite way to travel. <laughs> <laughs> that and Richard. T. Higgins. <laughs> Richard T. Higgins. Thank you all for listening. This is a fun episode. I'm sorry it took us so long to get back. You know, your boy over here is getting married. He's he's doing conferences about computer accounting shit. Who the fuck knows? It's tough yeah, to make a schedule. Everybody here should have got the uh, the save the date besides Jabers. His may have got lost in the mail. <laughs> he's stuck on a train somewhere looking yeah. for it. N- never got it, but yeah. Happy to see you guys. I'm about to go downstairs and drink uh, free alcohol the rest of the night. So Woo! I will talk to you guys all later. Hey, don't punch any random people in the hotel. We'll watch uh, you. Maybe that one guy. There's always that one guy. All right. All right. See ya. See ya.